This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, we're George and Jess, and after doing a morning radio show together for over a decade, we found our new home on the George and Jess podcast. We are a married couple exploring the ins and outs of balancing kids, marriage, and careers. So join us for adventures in the kitchen, at home, traveling, and more. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee. It's time to get real about life, love, and the world around us. Are you struggling with mental load? That's quite the term. It is. But when you dig into what it means, uh, you can see that's a real thing. It is a real thing. Explain to people what mental load is. So it's, and we touched on this really briefly at the end of yesterday's episode. Um, so we're going to dive into it a little bit more today. It's the unseen things that have to happen in a household, like the scheduling of the doctor's appointments and the keeping track of who needs what when and are the clothes clean and who has practice and all of those things that are seemingly manageable and small that add up. And um, for a long time, they said that the mental load predominantly fell on the woman's shoulders or the mother's shoulders. And I would say that up until recently, that was true in our house. But with me not going back to work, I, I keep thinking that, but I, I have a new job and I'm working in an office eight to five. You have picked up uh, quite a bit of the mental load, I would say. And by the way, mental load isn't just what what we were just talking about there. It's not all just that. It it could be part of your job. It, it could be a a waitress having to put on the smiling face in the hospitality industry. It could be a flight attendant having to do that same thing and deal with unruly clients. That's a mental load when you get up every day and you have to shoulder that responsibility, it's right? The unseen, they call yeah. it the worry work, right? Or the cognitive labor, right? It's because like the, the the thinking that goes behind the things that need to happen, or, so, or how you have to be. So many people deal with this, and they're, they've never really heard the term before. Again, it 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 could be scheduling. It could be if if you're uh, an employer dealing with employees. It's things, an oncoming holiday season, or it could be an event in your life coming up, like a graduation or a wedding or something like that can really stack on the mental load. Even even like a, a kid's birthday party. Right. Like we have right. our oldest turns 10 on Friday, and we have his party with his friends Friday after school and his party with the family on Saturday, and it's... He's going to have a great birthday no matter what, but I still overthink and worry and try and make it perfect and try and go over the top. And and that's part of the, the mental load. Yeah, it's keeping track of parenting-related details, right? Yeah. Like, like after-school plans, permission slips, library book due dates, pediatrician appointments, right? <sighs> Things like that. Checking on your kids' physical and emotional needs. Right? Making to-do lists, groceries, chores, whatever. Registering for sports and summer camp and 
calling the babysitter, calling, texting the babysitter, call, right. texting the babysitter, and all of those things just stack up. Um, but I feel like, and this is and this is proven that families are sharing more of that, and and dads are a lot more involved than they were, you know. 40 years ago right. in, in the parenting and the childcare and the pickups and the drop-offs and all of that. Um, but I mean, I've seen you in the last two months really take on more of that mental load, which well, has been very helpful for me because my, my mental load is very high capacity, but very full right now. <laughs> but it, and it, it's, a, it's, you know, I think having a home is a collaborative effort. Absolutely. It really is. And it may, it makes, and you and I have talked about this. I, I I often think I'm like, so I can't imagine what it's like to be a single parent. I know. I, I I really. I mean, I have the greatest respect for them. I really do. That's that that is an incredible task. And when Noah was little, we're a blended family. I I was I lived by myself for a few years, but I still had shared parenting with his dad. Right. Um. So I I was not ever fully alone. Um. But I have friends who are single parents and they do not share parenting and they are the sole person, sole adult in the house. And that usually falls on women. Now, and it's through, a, a, I would say for a variety of reasons, but women find themselves, I would say, overburdened. And I always like to reference studies, right? Because it's interesting to read, but. So, and I want stuff that's recent, it, like like it pertains to our lives uh-huh. in the world that we live in today. So I found a 2019 study of heterosexual couples, and they found that women, this is 2019 again, women in the relationships tend to take on more of the cognitive, cognitive labor. So they found it particularly true when it came to anticipating the needs of others and then monitoring the progress to see how it's going. That is such a good way to put it. Yeah. Because I remember I was really stressed. It was probably six months ago and things were just stacking on top of each other. And you were like, well, what can I do to help? And I remember saying, I don't want to have to tell you what you can do. I just want you to know the things that I'm thinking about and not like, oh, I wish you could read my mind, but taking on the the anticipation and knowing that there's going to need to be a dentist appointment and there's going to need to be cheerleading sign up and all of those things. Um, and that's what I was asked. I was like, I wish that you could just know that I needed help with those things. Well, they say that it's funny you bring that up. They say that is one of the big burdens is finding the ability to ask for help because so many people that find themselves in this position with an ex- extraordinary mental load don't ask for help and that's that's just part of their personality right they want to take everything on they feel like they can they can, they can do it and they often don't ask for help and i think it feels like well if i have to ask for help and explain why i need help and what i need help with i could have just done what i needed done <laughs> right in the same amount of time and that's I, I a lot of the thought process behind not asking for help and in our situation when I started working at my new job, I didn't ask for help. You just naturally took on some of that well, mental load. I mean, you did. Right. But and there I, wasn't an option, right? That's what I mean. But it, Like, I didn't have time to ask you 
to know that we needed toilet paper. You you figured in, it out. In defense of all of the women that don't ask for help, you shouldn't have to. No, I right. I, I mean, you shouldn't. I, I, I'll give you that. That's that is uh, a, a fault that I think specifically a lot of men have. It, well, here's back to that study I was telling you about. Of nearly 400 married or partnered mothers in the United States, nearly 65% were employed. That's different than it was 30 or 40 years ago. Absolutely. Right? That's a big part of it. But 88% also reported they primarily managed routines at the home, and 76%, that's three quarters, said they were mostly responsible for maintaining regular household standards and order as well. It's wild. All of that. It's a lot. So when you start bringing all of that together, that can really start to weigh on somebody. So if you think you feel stressed or like you've got a lot on your plate, odds are you do. Absolutely. Right? So that, that really interesting because they talk about gender equality and where we're at in this country. And I understand with wage and all of these other different things in the workplace, it seems to take a backseat still at home. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. And the, I, no, the workplace is, is they're trying to do things with that. But then when a lot of people get home behind closed doors, mom is still shouldering in most circumstances, the majority of the responsibility and I, of running the home. And I wonder where that comes from. Is it something that women feel like they should be doing or, or need to do? For a long time, I would feel guilty if you took on something or cleaned the house or, or you know, did the kids' laundry. I, I would feel guilty that I wasn't doing my responsibilities. And that was completely on myself. You never said any, you never ever did anything to give me those feelings. That's just the feelings that I had. And um, like the other morning, I opened the cupboard to get a roll of toilet paper and there was a brand new package in there. And I was like, hell yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I didn't know we needed toilet paper, but you did. Right. And it was like, oh, this is so good. This it, is so good. It is funny that you bring that up because just, that's one small example. Like I I made a mental note and I start writing things down. You've taught me to do this because I've never. <laughs> it was all leading to this moment. I've never kept an organized list of things to do. I always just ask, I would ask you when I would get up in the morning or the night prior, I would say, what does tomorrow look like for me? What do I got to do? That's the most chauvinistic thing I think I've ever said, but it was the truth. And Literally. I enabled you because right, I would I know. tell you. I know. So a lot of women find it difficult, and this just adds to the mental load. They they find it difficult when they try to break the ice and sit down with their partners and discuss all of these responsibilities and how they could be perhaps divvied up a little bit more fairly. Mm -hmm. So how do you break the ice on that one? Knowing what what you need help with or or how to, I think, and I'm only speaking for you because you're my husband, right. but you need actionable steps. Yes. Like if I said to you, I need more help around here, or I wish you um, could anticipate 
the needs of the kids or sign the kids up for after school activities. You need direction and actionable steps. So me just complaining about needing help isn't going to be helpful. Right. For you. That 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 is the honest to God truth. And they say that one of the biggest things that that women and both men have to deal with when when these things once you take a look at it because I would encourage most couples have this conversation because it will really help. It really does. But one of the biggest issues that couples run into when they talk about this is when the individual who's carried less of the mental load tries to absorb some of it, they want to do things their way. And that, again, goes back to the control thing, right? Where it's like, I want to do it my way, and I don't want to let go of that. So, And they're worried because they don't think that it will follow through. Well, I think that whoever is doing the thing should be able to do it their way. As long as it's, like, safe and legal, I think... You should be able to do it your way. Well, I, well, I agree with that, but don't you have to, because knowing even your personality, don't you think that it would be difficult if you saw me doing something that you've always done, except for I'm doing it in a different way, and maybe it's not as efficient, you know? Maybe it won't be as thorough. And and, and then how I do you- I get what you're saying. I'm yeah, trying to think right. of an example because- Then how do you give me pointers without sounding like- Like nagging. Right. Is that even a word that we use anymore? I don't want to use. It's a terrible word. I don't want to use that word. But giving me instruction and and perhaps explaining to me why the way that you always did it or or are doing it is is more efficient. So as long as you don't touch my laundry, I have no opinions on how the laundry gets done. Literally, don't even look at mine. I'll deal with it when when I need to. Um, I'm a mediocre housekeeper, so any help in that department is welcome. I have nothing to say because I'm, it's not one of my strongest suits, the housekeeping. Right. <laughs> um, no, you, we, you've always been way too hard on yourself on, uh, with the I'm house. Out. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I just feel like it, oh, that, house, toi- that toilet needed to be cleaned like three days ago. Listen, <laughs> any families out there specifically with kids know exactly what we're talking about. I think you, you're right. You, you can beat yourself up every, it, listen, everybody deals with it. That's why I love it when you go to a friend's house and they're a good friend and they don't, you know, put on a show. They're not scrubbing the toilets right. before you come over. They're just, it's just their house and you go over and you're like, okay, I feel better right. because this is how people live. Houses are supposed to be lived in, right. not spotless all the right. time. I agree. Um, if you tried to plan a birthday party, I would probably have some input. That would be one area that, or like take over Christmas. I might have some input there, too. That would be hard for me to give up control. <laughs> right, right. And I don't have a problem with it because you're you're really good at it. But at the same time, I shouldn't use that as an excuse to not try to absorb some of it. It's weird how I've learned, even over the past eight weeks, just little things. Like when I open the refrigerator or the pantry closet, I make mental notes. Oh, you do? Yeah, I'm like, okay. I'm so proud of you, and, and, and I like, don't mean that in a condescending no, way. I, know, I really I am. know. Well, I'm telling you, you know, you you know, for all of these years, you know, for many years I was sing- single. Then, you know, over the past, you know, decade, I've learned to do things a little bit more organized, <laughs> right? But but this is the learning process now that you and I are separated because we were always together for 11 years when we're, we did we're, our. We're separate. 
we're separated in that we don't work together every day. Right, right, right. When I say just separated. To, just to clarify, yeah. because there's other ways that you could. We are not separated. The first thing that came up when you, because again, if you're, if you're not familiar with our story, we did a morning radio show together for 11 years and it was very successful. And during that 11 years, we were together all the time. So now when I use the term separated, we're not breaking up. We're not getting we're divorced. Just, we're not taking some time apart. We just have different employment places. Right. I'm, I'm for another day anyways, <laughs> or two, I am at the radio station and you are now at your, at your, your new job. And it, it's just a different world we live in. It's just adapting to it has been a learning experience for me because I was not shouldering the majority of the mental load. You were. Well, it's become a learning experience for me too because I had a lot more time for the mental load and not saying that I don't have any of it anymore because I certainly do, but um, a lot of the day-to-day stuff you've taken on and I've found two things. One, the best way to learn is by doing. I agree 100. That's the only way I learn. And... And necessity will really help foster an opportunity. It'll it'll move it along. Because, right? you know, you, I went to work and you were on duty until I right. got home. And so you were starting dinner and not were, are. And uh, I also have learned, like, to, some things are not worth even... Fussing about? Fussing. Fussing is a good word. Fussing about, right? Like... Are we having tacos? Yeah, yeah. Tacos are perfect. Right. It doesn't have to be a five-course meal every night. It doesn't have to come out of a cookbook and be something brand new that we're trying for the first time. No. Like A lot of that stuff I felt like I was supposed to be doing or it was. And it's great if you have the time. That's awesome. Right. But it's funny that. It doesn't know, have to be a thing, I on, guess. On an, as far as dinners and meal prep and things like that and what you're feeding your family. It was funny that you bring that up because just recently I was watching the NCAA basketball tournaments and one of the star players, they asked him about, he he admits that he has very strange eating habits. And they were like, well, what do you eat? He was like, well, I like chicken strips and I like pizza <laughs> and I like macaroni and cheese. And uh, that's pretty much it. I've lived I've lived off that my whole life. And they asked him, will you even eat a sandwich? He goes, no, I don't like anything on bread. <laughs> he, he was a super picky eater. And then I was like, you want to know what? And he's a smart kid, Division One school, right? He's, he's a great athlete. He's in great shape. And I'm like, you know what? That made me feel a little bit better. I'm like, you know what? Kids are going to be kids. They're going to be okay. So meal prep or, or just feeding your family, the fact that you're actually giving them food, give yourself a pat on the exactly. back. Exactly. Like, right? We're so fortunate that we have... A fridge and pantry full of food. Right. And we have choices and we have access. It's like, it's not worth it to no. feel guilty about having chicken strips and fish sticks twice no. a week. Like, it's okay. It's the, okay. And, and I do want to point out that I know that in, in it's not that way in every home. There are a lot of homes and I meet them all the time where dads are either the single parent or they're in a relationship where they're required to shoulder a lot of that responsibility due to their wife's employment or something else or, or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Right. And uh, in, in today's world, one of the things that's different is that and, and it, it should be anyways, but I think a lot of couples have 
gotten over who's supposed to be the breadwinner. Oh, yeah. Right? That is that is I think that's ancient history. Super dated. Right. Oh, completely. Right? So I think a lot of men in today's world are are moving. I mean, they, they just understand that. I actually had someone say, say that to me the other day. They were like, oh, George is leaving radio, so you're the breadwinner now. <laughs> and it had not even, that term, right. and every I, it had not even crossed my mind. And I was like, oh, I guess so. You- like it had literally <laughs> not even been on my radar because it just feels like such a weird term, even in 2022. Right. And, and the thing about it is, I literally have a couple of days left because you and I had discussed our departure from radio during the pandemic. And we were like, we had made the decision together that it had run its course. As much as we had enjoyed it, as successful as we were. There's nothing wrong with going out on top, right? And so, totally. so so, we made the decision together, and now I'm eight weeks behind you leaving, and this is going to be a, a, a quite the transition for me because I've never done anything like this. I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of people speculating as to, well, what's he going to do? Like, it's a big, there's nothing. I'm, I mean, <laughs> you and I, no, you and I have plans. I mean, and, and right now, for obvious reasons, there's, I, mean, I can't talk about some of it. We're just, you know, but we're moving forward and I am going to be doing things. <laughs> so it's not like, so if you're wondering, is George just not going to work? No, that is not a thing. Will I be working from my home studio on more? You could say that, yes, I will be self-employed, right? It's exciting. That's exact. I'm very excited to do this. And all it did is move things up to where I probably would have went in about 10 years from now, but the pandemic pushed that forward. Mm-hmm. Like so many like other so things. so many other right. things. That's why we, over the past few weeks, we've occasionally mentioned the career changes, the great awakening, people doing different things. This is all part of that. And that's why I'm just moving on to the next season of my life a decade earlier than I had originally planned. And due to the the circumstances, I think it's going to work. It is going to work. And people are uh, more apt to take a chance after the last two years. Right. So the bottom line is this. For For whoever it is, mental load, these invisible tasks that we always have, right? are not in your head. It's very real, and it's okay to bring them up and talk about them. Cognitive labor. Yeah, it's important that you do that and have that discussion because if you just carry that around and you don't do anything about it, man, it will eat you up. It's an incredible burden. Right, right, it is. It really is, and it's stressful, and it's okay to say that, and it's okay to ask for help and explain what you need help with. Right. Right. It's okay if it takes longer to explain than it does to actually do it yourself. Right. Explain it and or just do what I did and get a new job and figure it out. Right. (laughs) So so honestly, whether it's like I talked about making a mental inventory of the pantry or the refrigerator or who needs to be picked up or dropped off where or delegating chores or getting them done yourself. You know, it, when you do all of that and you don't share how you feel or, or all of the weight, it, sometimes it feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, mm-hmm. right? It really does. So I would say that an open, honest conversation can go a long way in helping restore balance. And the wild part about this is you don't get paid for any of This isn't 
work stuff no. that we're even referring to. This is the home stuff. Right. So all of the stress is on top of if you have a job outside the home. Right. Right. Which is really wild. It is. It's crazy. So when 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 you're talking about mental load and somebody brings that or or somebody discusses the stress of all of the everyday activities, that's what it's called. It's called mental load. And it's a real thing. And if you, again, have that open, honest conversation and you can figure it out as a couple, that can go a long way. It absolutely can. It really can. So uh, just... Take note of that, and if you've not had that discussion and you feel like you need to, do it. And I would say if you don't get anywhere, that's where you might want to go see a counselor, and you can have this open Talk dis- through it with, yeah, exactly. with, with an expert that can so, help you put your feelings into words. Right. So I just, again, it's not in your head. Don't. Well, it is, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm talking about you're not imagining this, I know, right? I know. It is a very real thing, and it needs to be shared. It really does. So. Again, I would say start with the conversation with each other. And then if you need somebody else to step in for perhaps like arbitration. <laughs> I hate to use that word. That's not a good word. That's the baseball in me. <laughs> right? Oh, like, I was thinking of like uh, mediation. That's the oh, word yeah. I was thinking Right, 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 like, right. That's not a good word. No, but, I mean, but, but no, honestly, I think it's uh, odds are it, when you step back and you take a look at it, you will find that people around you appreciate what you've been doing and uh they may have been taking advantage of that situation and i think a lot of them would be open to a discussion on how that can be remedied well appreciation only goes so far i I, I appreciate being appreciated but but i'd rather have some help some help would be more welcome (laughs) that would be yeah you know that's yeah you could say i appreciate being appreciated but you know it would be really appreciated by some yeah. help. Yeah, if right? you if you uh, scheduled summer camp. So just move it along. <laughs> okay, so before we, we wrap up today, I want to touch on something that we're going to talk about tomorrow because it kind of plays into this, the mental load thing. We have a 10-year-old boy. Well, He'll be 10 on Friday. He's going to be 10 on Friday. And uh, he has reached that point in his grade school years where in his health class – He's getting, is it sex education? It's the first phase of it. Right. At the public school level. So they're talking about things that make him feel uncomfortable. So this is the- Mainly, I would say puberty. This is the puberty class. (laughs) That's the first step of the sex ed. He hates the word. Oh, my God. He hates the word. And- well, we, I have so much to say. So we're we going we're gonna to talk more about this tomorrow. And I know it's been a big topic nationwide because of the new Disney movie, Turning Red, um, which has some references to puberty. So it will be a fun conversation because we're living it right can, now. Can I ask you this question? And again, we'll have this discussion tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. But when he comes home and he has this piece of paper somewhere or in his backpack or folder... It was a big secret that he didn't even want to bring up in front of me. He went it right. It was you and Clara. He he, like, yeah. Clara and I were on the couch. He's like, Mom, I need to talk to you about something. And I, and I need to do something with you. And you were like, well, what? And he was like, well. And he was trying to keep it you know, somewhat of a secret. So he obviously feels way more comfortable <laughs> talking about that type of thing with you than he does with anybody in else. In front of the rest of the family. That does not surprise me. But it goes back to that mental load, right? 
he feels like he can confide in you. And but the question because I wasn't there. He took you behind closed doors. Well, to, we went in the living room to to bring up the discussion on puberty. Because he just for some reason he cringes, right? And remember when you brought it up when you came back in the room, I was like, "Well, what, what's going on?" Because I was worried. I was like, "Is, is he being teased? Is right. there something going on?" No, he's just having the puberty discussion in school, and he feels really uncomfortable about it. And I grew up in the '90s, and like we didn't talk about puberty. We talked about it at school. We had our health right. class, right? But that was it. So I'm trying to make it more normal because it's right. it is. So, so we'll talk more about it tomorrow. And I don't know. I'm probably handling this all wrong. No, but you're not. I'm trying my best. No, because I was walking around to you know the guys at work. I'm like, what did you do? And they're like, what are you talking about? And you know, and their wife did it. Yeah, they're all my age. And it goes back to that the mental load thing. So remember, I want you to join us tomorrow. Obviously, that's going to be a great discussion, and I think a lot of people will be able to relate, or it will bring back memories at least. But we'd love for you to find us on the web. It's simple, georgeandjess.com. You can find us on social media, George and Jess Podcast, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and uh, you'll get a little notification every day at 6 a.m. when our episode is live. We will talk to you tomorrow morning. Again, a fresh new episode at 6 a.m. Search George and Jess on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast.